Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church and all of, uh, all of our friends all around the world that are listening in. I uh, hope you're all well and good and on uh, top of your game. And if you're not, hopefully after today's talk, you'll be more on top of your, your game than when you first joined us. But um, I want to have a look today uh, at an unusual topic, but I think it's very, very relevant uh, for every single human being. And uh, at first you might think it's got nothing to do with you, but after a while you'll see yourself, hopefully. Because I want to have a look at having a, an orphan mentality or an orphan attitude or an orphan spirit. And uh, I want to have a look at that. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to leave you and go back to be with my father. But he said, I will not leave you as orphans, uh, but I will send you the Holy Spirit who's already with you, but he will be in you. That's in uh, John chapter 14. I will not leave you as orphans. It's a horrible thing to have an orphan spirit. And we're going to have a look at that in these next couple of weeks. And uh, so I want to start with a, a, a chapter from uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. And Jesus told three parables. And in the first parable, he talked about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and he lost one of them. So he left the 99, went and found the one, came back and said to all his friends, rejoice with me because I found me lost sheep. And Jesus said, and likewise, when uh, it, the angels in heaven will rejoice when one sinner repents or turns away from his sins and turns back to God. He says the angels will rejoice. And then Jesus used another parable of a, a young woman who was, betrothed, who, who was who, yeah, betrothed to be married and she, she got the dowry and she, uh, and she had 10 coins and she lost one of the 10 coins. And, and Jesus said, this woman swept the house and, and turned everything upside down to find, find the coin. Eventually she found it and she went to her friends and she goes, rejoice with me. I have found my last, lost coin. And likewise, when, when uh, one sinner repents, the angels in heaven rejoice over that one sinner repenting. And Luke 15 is about repenting and rejoicing, repenting and rejoicing. And then Jesus tells this story. Um, about ooh, the prodigal son. Uh, we know it as the prodigal son. Maybe you've never heard this before, but in Luke 15, starting at verse 11, it says this, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And that's what young people do. They find it difficult to sin while they're at home under the, the father's roof or the mother and father's roof or the mother's roof. And so they go away. Many, many go to university because that's their way of moving away and getting involved in the kind of wild living they've been dreaming about for a while. And it says, not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had, 
and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. You understand the Jewish religion, a pig is an unclean animal. And so he had fallen so, so far down social, the social ladder. He's now living with pigs and he even wanted to eat the pig's food. He said, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He's at rock bottom here and he knows he has no friends. Maybe you've been there. Keep listening. There's a great story here. When he came to his senses, sometimes we have to hit rock bottom before we come to our senses. People have said to me, why do Christians always have dramatic stories and the dramatic journey of faith? And it's often because God cannot get our attention until we come to the end of ourselves. And it's there that we begin to listen. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Notice when you sin, you first of all, you sin. Well, whoever you've sinned against, you first of all sin against. It's God's law you break first as you sin against somebody else. It's God you sin against first. He said, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. So he'd got his story together, how he was going to reconnect with his dad. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And, you know, that's a picture. Jesus is talking, really, giving us a picture of what the heavenly father is like. What, you know, when Jesus says, when you pray, say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's, he's, he's revealing the Father to us. So the son ran back, uh, went back to his father, but the father ran to him and fell on him with a kiss. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring uh, the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he's found. So they began to celebrate. He had a, a new robe. He was clothed. Instead of in his dirty rags, he's now clothed in a clean robe. And he's put a, a ring of sonship on his finger, reinstated as a son. Uh, he had, so he had a robe, he had a ring. And then they put Reebok trainers on his feet. So he had, he had new, new shoes on his, on his feet. And it's an absolutely brilliant story. And they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, 
What's going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. How naive is this servant? It's like, you're going to be thrilled to bits. Your brother has come back. It's fantastic. So we're having a party. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother, this brother of yours, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And I want to say that this older brother is as lost as the younger brother was. At least the younger brother became found again. But the older brother displayed what we would call an orphan spirit. And there were orphans in the Bible, people like Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, and Esther, she was an orphan, and Mephibosheth, imagine saying that for a few years, <laughs> Mephibosheth. Anyway, Mephibosheth, um, and the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. And we have generations now of young men and young girls that have been brought up with a distant father. And they display increasingly an orphan spirit. And I want to have a look at that. Can I just give you some, some uh, examples of an, some traits of an orphan spirit? People with that orphan spirit, they're very highly individualistic. They, they find connection with others difficult. They don't believe that people can actually love them for who they are rather than what they do. They have a work hard mentality. They're ashamed to ask for help and they never feel accepted. Um, and they, but they do feel abandoned often and they feel rejection very keenly. And because of that rejection, the response to being feeling abandoned or rejected is to, to work harder and respond by a performance and achievement sort of mentality. They struggle with identity. Who am I? Their identity is usually in what they do. Um, they're competitive, but never satisfied. Am I speaking to anybody today? Uh, I identify with so many of these things. Per, per, the perfectionism makes them miserable. They can't receive God's love in their life. There's a, an emptiness and a neediness inside of them. They're emotionally un, unstable. They're often given to, to fear and insecurity and, uh, and, and, you know, anger and fits of rage come from them. They are driven to succeed. They often use people just to further their own ideals and what they want. They lack self-esteem in so many ways and yet cover that over with achievement. Uh, I could go on and say more, but there are many, many people. In fact, ever since Adam and Eve 
handed over uh, this world to the devil in the Garden of Eden, when they should have been kings and queens and ruling over, and they handed it over to Satan. You might not even believe in Satan today, but that doesn't mean he's gone away. That doesn't mean he disappears just because you don't have room in your mind to understand that and get that. And you're like, no, everything's proven by science, really. <laughs> you know, how is that working for you in your relationships? <laughs> just to say that um, from the time that Adam and Eve sinned against God and were separated from God, we all became orphans. And Jesus has come to seek and to save us. And in this parable, unlike the other two parables that were in this chapter in Luke's gospel, there's no repenting and rejoicing from the older brother. There is from the son and there is from the father, the first son and the, 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 uh, the youngest son, I should say, and, uh, and the father. But from the older brother, there isn't. And you know, the older brother never calls his dad father. And he never calls his brother, brother. He says, this son of yours. Only the younger son calls his dad, dad. He says, father, give me my inheritance. Later on, he says, I'll go back to my father. He, he clearly had a relationship with his father, but the older son had, a, had a, a strange relationship with him. And he displays an orphan heart, an orphan spirit. And an orphan heart lives in a religious Spirit. Uh, that's my first point. An orphan heart lives in a religious spirit. Religion, what is religion? It's, it's, religion happens when we've lost the revelation of who Jesus is. And, you know, often people think religion, especially in Christian circles, they think religion is the dead Anglican church at the bottom of the road or the, the uh, irrelevant Catholic church at the top of the road are the, you know, denominational church that nobody really bothers about now. Um, and it's like, and they don't sing Hillsong's worship uh, or Planet Shaker's worship, and they haven't got a, a young dude preaching his art out or preaching her art out to them. It's a crusty old fella or something like that, or a doddering old woman. And they think that's religion. And I want to say a religious spirit can live inside one of the uh, uh, most exciting and vibrant churches usually more difficult, but, but a, 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 an orphan spirit is within a person and it operates in that, in that person that has lost a revelation of Jesus. And you know, you can be amongst thousands of worshippers and going through the motions, but it's not real to you anymore. You've lost the revelation of Jesus and what you're going through now is religion. And you might be using up-to-date and contemporary worship, but really you've lost the revelation of who Jesus is and what his mission's about and what his purpose for your life and for, for this world is. And once you've lost that revelation, you're just going through religion. And I think lockdown has shown a lot of people that what they got into before lockdown was they were going through the motions and they were carried along with the crowds. And in lockdown, they have asked an, uh, some awkward questions like, why am I? part of this church? Why am I uh, following Jesus? What is it that I'm looking for? I thought it was this, but I'm finding it was something else. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a revelation. Jesus said to his disciples, he asked them this question, who do men say that I am? And then he said this, they, they gave him some answers. And then he said, who do you say I am? 
And Peter, who's always putting his foot in it, actually got it right this day. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You didn't go to university to work this out. This was revealed to you directly from my father in heaven. And, and he says, and upon this rock, upon this, this revelatory word, I will build my church. Uh, he says, uh, so Christianity is a revelation of who Jesus really is. Have you got a revelation of who Jesus is? He, he isn't just somebody who comes every, he's not the nicest guy on the planet. He isn't. He, he, he shakes your nerves and he rattles your brains. Jesus will turn your life, not upside down, but the right way around. When you get a revelation of who Jesus really is, you realize you're not living the way that you're intended to. And life's not working out the way that you intended it. And something's missing. And I want to say it's not something, it's somebody. It's Jesus. So, an orphan spirit will give you religion. But the revelation of Jesus will give you an identity. And uh, I want to say about these two brothers in this story. One was lost with prostitutes. The other was lost in working in the field. One is lost in rebellion. And the other one is lost in religion. Doing something that's right and good and positive. He's working for his father. It sounds right. But his spirit is wrong. The other one was totally off the wall. He said, one came back in repentance and he, he came back into the house. But one, his story ends up where he's, he doesn't repent. He's just working in the field and he refuses to come into the house. This is what religion does. It separates you. Religion is man's attempt to earn God, uh, to, to, sorry, to earn God's goodness with our own efforts. Religion is my efforts to reach God. But Christianity is receiving God's great efforts to reach us. Christianity is about receiving. It's not what you can do for God. It's what he's already done for you. And we receive his goodness. And when that happens, we change. Christianity is all about change. And we change and we line our lives up with Jesus's ways, with God's way. And God's way is perfect for our lives. It's called in Romans 12, God's perfect, pleasing will. He's perfect and pleasing will. You can't get any better. You can't better God's will. We try to. We try to with science. We try to in sexuality. We try to in philosophy. We try, we try to improve on God's word and you can't. God's word is God's mind revealed to mankind. And 95% of what you need for living a great life here on planet Earth and getting the best out of life is revealed and recorded in the Bible. 66 books. It's not one book. It's a library of books. And God has revealed his thoughts and his emotions about life and about how to get the best out of life. But I've got to move on. When Jesus becomes real, everything changes. And... Uh, Jesus wants us to have a real relationship with him. He doesn't want us to have religion. And, uh, you know, this, this lad in the field, he's, he, he, you know, he's developing this orphan spirit. Uh, anyway, the first point is, 
An orphan heart lives in a religious spirit. It thrives there. Number two, an orphan spirit brings out anger. And uh, verse 28, it says that um, the, the, uh, the older brother was in the field. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. The older brother became angry. And an orphan spirit brings out anger in you. You know, anger is one letter short of danger. Think about that. It's one letter short of danger. Anger can be good when there's injustice and things, you know, that we, we, we have a, a, an anger that wants to sort things out and that's good. But anger, and this anger that the older brother had, is not good, it's dangerous. And the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. And the older brother sinned, he sinned against his younger brother, sinned against his dad. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And the next verse says this, and don't leave a door open for the devil to have a foothold. And what the writer, what the apostle Paul is writing to the Ephesians about is, be careful with your anger. Don't let a day go finish uh, without you sorting the anger issue out with whoever and whatever it is, because you are leaving a door open and people stay angry for weeks and weeks and it drains you of energy and it drains your perspective. And also, I think of people like Joe Frazier who fought Muhammad Ali and Ali offended him by calling him an Uncle Tom, which is a real offence, uh, you know, in the black community. And uh, Fraser never forgave him. And it shows in the interview, I've watched so many interviews, and he never forgave him. He let his anger against Ali burn because he was offended. And he says he needs to come and apologise to me. And uh, it wasn't Ali that suffered, it was Joe Frazier that suffered. Don't leave a door open for, for, for the devil to have a foothold. If you want to sort out anger in your life, get a revelation of Jesus. When you get a revelation of Jesus, then anger can't stay with you because there's somebody greater than your anger living in your life. And when you surrender to God's word, you think, I've got to sort things out. I mean, Shelley, have a pact that each day, some days we never argue for days on end, and then some days we clash. And we, we, the problem is, she thinks like a woman and I think like a man. She wants me to think like a woman. I want her to think like a man. It's never going to happen. And so the Bible says, learn to submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, have some respect for Jesus if nobody else. Have some respect for him and, and treat each other with respect because of, of he's watching, he's, part, he's there with you. But also he's got wisdom for us. And he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And sometimes you can be right, but you've said some things and you need to say you're sorry. And there's times when I have to repent and say to Shelley, I'm sorry. And sometimes she has to say she's sorry to me. But we don't let the sun go down on our anger. But the issue isn't always sorted. And we know that, both of us know that. And we know that tomorrow we're going to have to talk again. And hopefully with a lot more gentleness and respect than what we had the day before. And that's how it goes. And sometimes it blows up again. But don't let the sun go down on your anger. Are you getting what I'm saying? But an orphan spirit, it brings out anger in you. You cannot let it go. You can't let issues go. You cannot let an offence go. And that's what the older brother was like. 
His anger was relentless against his brother. He never got over the fact that his dad threw a party for his younger brother using the older brother's money. Because don't forget the younger brother had squandered everything that his father had given him. The father didn't have anything because he'd given it to his two sons. So the father had, had gone and got a calf, the fatted calf that was there for a special celebration. He took that and used it thinking the older brother would be thrilled that his younger brother had been found. No, he wasn't. Why? Because he's nurturing an orphan spirit. So an orphan spirit lives in, in, uh, in religion. It hates the revelation of Jesus. It can't stand it because the revelation of Jesus will cut through it and break its power. But it wants to just be hurt and offended. And it wants to live its way. It wants to control. I'm going to look at this now. Uh, number two, an orphan spirit brings out anger. Number three, an orphan spirit pushes a person into isolation. It draws a person away from fellowship. It says in, in, uh, in, in verse 28, Luke 15, the elder brother became angry and refused to go in. Everybody's having a party, but not this one. He refused to go into the party. He didn't go into the party because there wasn't enough room. No, it was, that wasn't it. He didn't go into the party because he had this orphan spirit that wants him to be on his own. But also he wanted to send a message into the party. See, if you're going to throw a party and kill a fattened calf um, and, you know, the guest comes, uh, one way you can let the guest know that he's not welcome or want to throw some offences where and let everybody know that you're not an happy bunny is that you just don't go to the party. It was a huge insult that the older brother would not go. And people with a, an orphan spirit, they move away from fellowship. They move away from community. You know, solitude is good because it refreshes you. But isolation is bad because it depletes you. It weakens you. And, um, you know, two things that we have to watch out for is isolation. And uh, the other one is toxic people. Isolation says people are the problem. So stay away from people. Because only me, there's only me that's got it right. But toxic people say you're the problem. And, uh, you know, both them two things, isolation and toxic people, they are dangerous. They're both dangerous to your life and to the life of any community. But uh, uh, an orphan spirit pushes a person into isolation. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, uh, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and yet God's way and God's will for people is not that we're on our own Jesus said where two or three are gathered there I am in the midst he doesn't say when you're on your own I'll come he said no where two or three are gathered there I am in the midst um, you know Thomas uh, didn't believe in the resurrection he wasn't there he was isolated and so he couldn't believe what the other disciples had experienced and he kept, he stayed with his own thoughts. And he says, I refuse, unless I put my finger in the nail prints and my hand in his side, I will never believe. And it's, I, that's what isolation does. It plays with, with your mind. It plays with your thinking. It creates these false ideas that people don't love me. People don't like me. Look at them. 
Look at them over there. They don't want me as part of their group. <clears throat> um, isolation creates the, the mindset that says people, they just, they'll criticize me. They're always having a go, nobody likes me. And it's not true. But you've got to be around people to find out that that's not true. But an orphan spirit causes you to want to be on your own. Oh, I'm not in competition with you lot. I can't be bothered. No, I'll just do my own thing. And I'm speaking to people today. I know that this will register with 99.999% of this nation. And Jesus is the answer to that Holy Spirit. And next week, I'm going to look at how do you handle, how do you break free from an orphan spirit? Number four, an orphan spirit has a sense of entitlement. The father used the older brother's money uh, to throw a party. And the father had already split the money. The father had a big heart and generous heart. He'd split the money between the two brothers. But the son, the older son says, you never gave me a goat. No, he didn't give him a goat. He gave him the farm full of goats. And you know, when, when you've got this orphan spirit, you can't see the wood for the, the trees. The father had given him the farm and he complained that he hadn't got a goat. It's like, you've got a farm full of goats, mate. What planet are you on? You know, in an orphan spirit, the first thing to come is hurt. And maybe you've been hurt and you've never got over that hurt and you're offended. Who's ever seen online? There's an issue that's happened in life and it says, you know, DM me if, if you're offended. And all the offended people join in. And this older brother was just like that. There was a party and there was a celebration, but he'd hurt him. And he got offended because his father had never thrown that kind of a party for him. And he says he has a deserved mentality, like you owe me a go. I've worked for you. And the father never took that on board, that he worked for him. He didn't call him my worker. He says, my son, your brother was lost. But now he's found. But he called him my son. It's relationship. And he's and, and but that 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 orphan spirit coming about work and and I've I've worked my butt off for you. And it's just me that's I've achieved so much for you, and yet you never threw me a party. And it's that entitlement. And in Christianity, we don't deserve. People say, Oh, you deserve a great life. No, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But we don't get what we deserve. This is what I love about God's mercy. God's mercy is we deserve punishment for our sins. But we don't get punishment. Our punishment was laid on Jesus. So mercy means we don't get what we deserve. So what's grace? Grace is where we get, where we actually get what we don't deserve. That is forgiveness and eternal life. Let me run through that conundrum again. Mercy is where you don't get what you do deserve. Punishment for your sins. Grace is where you get what you don't deserve. Mercy, forgiveness, eternal life. And so let's be careful about having an entitlement mentality. Uh, an orphan spirit resents, number five, an orphan spirit resents when someone else gets success. He can't stand it, can't abide it. And uh, I'm running out of time. And so I'm going to throw some of this on to next week. And I'll recap next week. But I want to have a look at this orphan spirit because it, I think it's all over us and we don't even know it. And we can be free from this 
and live with what God wants us to have. And that is a spirit of sonship where we cry in our hearts, Father, my Father. Not like, oh God, I work for you. No, no, no. Father, Abba, which means Daddy. Dad, Father, the spirit of sonship. Well, every week we give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And through Jesus, we find forgiveness and eternal life through the Heavenly Father and uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It's summed up in the phrase, the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God comes to our hearts and it liberates us from our sins, our sinfulness, our restrictions, and, and he, he, he floods us with forgiveness and new power, new energy, new morality, new understanding of God. It's a great way to live. It's the best way to live. If you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to give you a simple prayer that you can repair, you can repeat after me. Here we go. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I don't deserve it, but I receive your forgiveness. I open the door of my heart to you and I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to come and live within me to bring me the assurance that I am a son or a daughter of God. A spirit of sonship, daughtership. Fill me to overflowing with assurance that I'm right with you and give me power to follow you every day of my life. Amen. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 